Logic, the place for no holds barred, informative, and entertaining banter. Call it a place for refined barbershop talk. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm in the studio with AJ. What's going on, y'all? Happy to be back for our second episode of season two. Once again, thank you for writing in. Thank you for letting us know what it is that you want to talk about. We're here to bring some, some entertainment to you today. Hopefully, some insightful commentary. So, let's get it started, Chris. What's going on? All right. Well, he's back. We hadn't had him for a long time, but we glad he's back. Your boy, DeShane. Say hello to the people. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, it's been a long hiatus, but uh talked to my lawyer, and uh, everything is looking up. So glad to be out. Glad to be back. All right. And returning from last episode, we got your boy, the rough Dennis. Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm just glad to be back. Glad to see you people again. You people? Yeah, you what people. You, what you mean, you people? Uh, people <laughs> presently in, in front of me right now. Oh, okay, okay. All right, we're good then. We're good. Dog, no, why people got, always got to get got to get know, offended? I know, they get so sensitive about nothing. <laughs> anyway, so Chris, man, what's been going on with you? What, what are you excited about these days? What am I excited about? Hmm. I'm excited about summer, as is a recurring theme on Dude Logic. Summer is the greatest season ever. I don't know about that. I do, because I know that's when the summer dresses and the booty shorts oh, come out. Oh, it's, a, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. But can't dress like that in uh, hey man. December. Hey, I'm a fall, or I'm November. A fall guy. Give me the or autumn. Or January or February. None of those Give days. me autumn. Give me those cool Nowadays you can't do it in March. fall days where Cause the snow leaves in are March starting to April fall. Now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, that's not going to work. The, the grass is cut on the football field for what, the Friday night What does night that mean? Game. I could care less about that. My birthday's in the I summer. I start having nostalgic Yeah, but you're man. talking about seeing women in these outfits, oh, and you're talking about going to see too. a football game. So you want to look at the women, or you want to look at the dudes? I'm playing, dog. Like, it reminds me well, of you can't look at anybody. when I was playing. You know what I'm saying? You can't look at anyone. You understand? I mean, you in the you in the midst of the moment. making it happen. How are you making anything happen from the field? You know what? That was the most ridiculous segment we've ever had. No, that was a bad analogy. No. I, I have to agree no. with Dennis on that one. That no. was just horrible. No, no, you're not going to. All right. Also, you want to restart it because you made a bad analogy. No, we're not restarting. Why would we start? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Because you, you, you don't like being called no, out or cool. being wrong. No, no problem with that. So, hey, no, but what I'm really excited about that's coming out. Oh man, cause this, cause you know, me and Deshane were having a little conversation. I know y'all don't think we ever have conversations, but it actually happened before we 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 recorded today about this show, and this is why it's so amazing. Uh, why has the Boondock season been the most disappointing season ever? I I, I can hell. Let me cut you off right there. Aaron Magruder wasn't involved. Exactly. The point blank period. But you know what? That that kind of brings up something though. Uh. It seems like he has a new show that's coming out. Oh, he does. And it is a live action show. Real people, not animation. Real people. By the name of Black Jesus. Already you know pissing what? people off. Jesus that is just coming sounds back. like a bad idea in the beginning. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> and he's coming to Compton, y'all. He's Compton. kicking in the hood. I mean, because there were times when people tried to say Jesus was black and it was drawn and... And that his hair was made of wool also, that means that that's a black characteristic. But now they're actually visualizing it now. And 
I don't personally don't think the white folks ready for that yet. <laughs> no, they're definitely not ready. That's what, he's <laughs> already pissing people off yeah. over the fact that it's called Black, Black Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> that alone has already gotten him letters. And doesn't he got like doesn't he have like a couple forties in his hand or something? Oh, he does in one episode. He See, had the E and J brandy in one time. He gonna have the NAACP <laughs> come at them now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what else is? Oh, oh my God! I mean, first off, Jesus is cussing, which yes, is, is ridiculous. He, he's tempting people. It's so over the top. <laughs> He's turning water into brandy. <laughs> but but at that point, where as a as a black person, do you consider that too too raunchy or, or too ignorant, offensive? Yeah. Is probably well, the best I think I think Dave Chappelle started it with his Clayton Bigsby skit where a black man was the in the KKK. No, surprise. that was just funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was. That, was, <laughs> that was just funny. That was television history. But I'm I'm just because that's making light of something that will never happen. Do you know how many, you know how much balls he had to do that? That was the first episode of the Chappelle Show ever, and he went for the most ridiculous thing you could possibly talk about. He had to off jump. He took the huge biggest risk of risk of his career, and it paid off like fifty fold. That's unbelievable, yo! It took a lot of balls from him. To me, that's not a big risk. To me, that's just that's just good writing. Black white supremacists on your first episode—that's a risk. How is that a risk? Look at some of these other shows. You got Family Guy with Brian and Stuart trapped in the safe. That's true. Like there are other things that that are definitely on that line, and they're over that line. And you always wonder how in the hell are these shows still around. Yeah, because Family Guy, they go through some very provocative things. Chris, considering you own every season on DVD, um, what is your take, sir? I mean, Family Guy has really progressed over the years to the point where they really don't care. (laughs) And they've been given the leeway to be able to do so. And they shouldn't. They really shouldn't. Oh, they shouldn't. I mean, but it goes back even before that because South Park has been doing that. Since the middle way, South Park is not South- as bad as Family Guy. Are you kidding me? I don't think I personally don't think they so. had an episode about Kanye eating fish dicks the entire episode. <laughs> like, once again, that's just great writing. That was innuendo, yeah. yeah. That, that, I mean, at that point, that's still just that's just great, good writing, but um. Family Guy, I feel like they cross so many oh. racial barriers. They oh, cross so many like gender barriers. That's why you can't call it racist, because everybody gets a turn. Yeah, they, they go they after everyone. After every, it's gonna rain. <laughs> oh my god, this is so foolish, man. This conversation, <laughs> it's hilarious. Isn't that what well, it's meant for? I it guess is. while we while we're talking about things that we're looking forward to seeing, I'm looking forward to seeing something a little more wholesome than you guys. Okay. Uh, it's this movie called Boyhood. Have you ever heard of it? No, um, I not. No, I haven't even seen any trailers for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's like a little indie movie or whatnot, but it's a movie that's filmed over 12 years. Yeah, actually, the director basically filmed a boy over 12 okay, years. Okay, I, I, I understand, like, that would be probably a good <laughs> thing to see. Okay, yeah, I know that sounds a little pervy, but, but hear me out here. So the boy is actually an actor and the film chronicles the boy and all the characters growing up over the course of 12 years. So Ethan Hawke is like the dad and he grows up over the course of 12 years as well. 
but the biggest change is within the boy. But it's cool because all the extras and everything also age over the course of 12 years. And so, like, it's a really touching thing. It looks at the relationship between parents and a boy all the way from, you know, age 6 all the way up to age 18 when he's going off to college. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool movie, something that hasn't been done before, and I'm actually looking forward to it. It's getting a lot of positive press. But what, at the point when a boy was 7 years old, made the guy want to sit there and, like, video take videotape of him that kind of sounds pedophilic (laughs) i don't know he wanted to basically chronicle the relationship between a child and their parents growing up everything like that so i I think he was really trying to capture that dynamic oh okay necessarily know about it yeah (laughs) i don't think it's actually focused on the boy but obviously the focus becomes on the boy because he grows up Okay. Yeah. Could it, that raise a little concern in me for a second? <laughs> I'm glad you clarified it. <laughs> uh, it's, one those, it's one of those feel-good movies, man. What you about to say, AJ? Um, basically, Dennis answered the... He, he basically uh, said what I was about to say. I gotta <laughs> let Dennis ride with that one. That's essentially what just happened. Oh, like, I, was just, I was just thinking, like... So... This is just some random boy you seen out on the street. Come here, little boy. Let me talk to you for a second. <laughs> I'm out to film you. Uh, how much it costs? <laughs> Hold on, let me get my pad. Would you like to come in the basement and have some? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Chris, where's my paper? I'm watching all paper boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. My favorite line in that whole message series, you're starting to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> you sound too much like him. <laughs> you really do. Hey, but what about this um this Malaysian plane? You all got anything to say about that? They, was it, so was it confirmed that they were actually shot down? Yeah. So this is what I will tell you about that situation. I will not be flying to Malaysia or taking Malaysia in the air. <laughs> Anytime soon. That's just a coincidence. Yeah, hey. I was about to say it could have been it could have been America's hey. Southwest Airlines. Man. <laughs> Man, their track record this year has not been good. I'm just all I'm saying. But but you have to look at the circumstances. In both circumstances, they haven't been on the radar, mm. and it took outside influence, i.e., whoever took over the first flight. They were shot down by a uh, ground to air missile. I'd like, hate it been that person in the bathroom. Man, can you imagine? Ooh. Not only are you getting shit on you, you blowing up at the same time. It's, it's <laughs> one of those situations where you really have to just sit back and say, you know, how how screwed up can a situation be? Yeah, that's pretty. It's a bad scenario because none of those people deserve that. And even for the people that lived in that area, like they had to witness fallen bodies. That's a lot of PTSD in itself. Man, but think about the high-powered nature of that missile. It was an SA-11. And, wow. you know, if you know anything about missile launchers, an SA-11 is a, is a high-weapons-grade missile that's used in most, like, cross-territorial wars. But wh- and this my- thing was used to bring down a commercial jet. Right, that, and that's my thing. One, how did you get it? And two, why are you using it on a commercial airliner? 
I think that that plane know what they were doing. That plane, I think that plane was shot down as a message to say, "Hey, we're packing over here." I don't know, man. But think think about it. Every time you have a country that has been picked on, bullied, left behind, talked about, they always do something drastic to make themselves be known. Like, hey, we're capable of standing up for ourselves now, so back the hell off. I think that was just a spur the moment terrorist act. Yeah, I think they thought they were shooting a Ukrainian supply jet or something like that. So you you I, don't so they're that dumb that they don't know the difference between a commercial airliner and a supply plane? Yeah, they were they were basically Ukrainian separatists that were funded by Russia. Gotta love Russia. They're gonna start World War Three. Let's hope not. Even just talking to Russian people scares me. They're always angry. <laughs> they, they sound angry. They could be t- telling you have a nice day. Horrible. But they sound upset. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> have a nice day. <laughs> right. I'm like, Damn, like, what does that mean? Why you got to look so angry? <laughs> what do you mean have a nice day? I'm not angry. This is how we speak. I was, well, I'm not talking to your ass no more because that's, that's scary. Sorry to our Russian friends out there. We love you here on Dude Logic. We we really do. I I'm I'm you know Deshane. I'm I'm 100 Street. So you know it, <laughs> it's gonna be what it's gonna be. If I say it, you know, don't take it to heart. It's just a part of the conversation. <laughs> All right. So Deshane, I guess you bringing us into the main topic, talking about your streetness, your street cred, right? The main topic. The main topic, talking about street cred. What is it? How do we get it? Do we actually need it? What is street cred? Shane. That's right. You got to have it if you want to be successful. Because I'm going to tell you, growing up in these mean streets of Atlanta, you really got to know how to survive. And if you were caught in the wrong projects in the wrong neighborhood and you didn't have street cred to back you up for people to know to leave you alone, one of two things happen. You either got ran off or you got beat down. Hmm. That's not even a past tense. That's still a current situation. Well, true, <laughs> true. But, you know, for the, for those that aren't in Atlanta, you know, it would be equivalent to, uh, you know, the boroughs in New York, um, you know, uh, uh, out in the different neighborhoods in Cali. Like, you know, it still goes on today. But, you know, 10, 20 years ago when we were growing up, it wasn't as out in the open because everybody had some level of secrecy to it. Now it's just like, hey, this is what it is. This is what it's going to be. And at the end of the day, if you don't have street cred to back you up, you don't need to be in the street. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, over the years, I've learned that some of your worst hoods aren't even in major cities. Like, they're in, like, small town USA. I've been to, I went to Valdosta a couple of years ago. That's all you know. It's a small town. And their projects aren't, like, a huge expansion, uh, like, city, city ordinance expansion. Like, they still have the same projects from back when they were like in the 70s i i, I believe it i had a cousin that went and down there to just, visit a girl and got shot in the mouth like <laughs> i was working at a car dealership he rented the car went down there came back i'm like why are you in the hospital so there's these bullet holes in the car i'm like didn't you go to valdosta like you wouldn't think of it but i mean street cred is everything you can't be uh, a famous rapper talking about the drug life and, you know, mentioning these leaders of these factions and then you turn around and get death threats from these folks and then you turn around and cancel shows in their city. That, to me, you automatically lose street cred because if you are bad enough to talk about it and you should be bad enough to go there and perform. 
But a lot of street cred is really based off of just being honest. Because, like I said, I went down to the hood, down in Valdosta, and I told them, like, I don't do certain things. But, and they accepted it. And I actually got along very well with them down there. I've never been to Valdosta in my life. I've never been to that specific hood. Even, but I grew up, I mean, I grew up in Decatur. Like, you learn and you, you grow you up a certain adapt. way, you kind of you kind of adapt to how you grow up. And and it, that's, that doesn't mean, it, it doesn't change from place to place. Like, you can go to another hood as long as you're respectful within what they're doing there. Yeah. And but, the but, fact that you're not lying about what you do, mm-hmm. they are very accepting of that. And a lot of them will look after you. Like, they looked yeah, after me when authentic. I was down there for the yeah. four days I was down staying in the hood. I, I think it's, it's more, I'm, I'm going to call it respect. Like, when you're honest with them and you let them know, hey, this is what I'm into, this is what I'm not into, I'm not here to cause no trouble, I'm just trying to do me. Like, I think you you gain, it like, an instant respect. Like, all right, he's bold enough to let us know what he's into, but he's smart enough to let us know what he's not into. Mm-hmm. I think you get a, a, a respect factor, and in turn, to me, street cred is, is, is that factor, that respect, because at the end of the day, if they don't respect you, they're going to set you up. Whether they smile in your face or not, like you could be another victim for them at the end of the day. But if they respect you, they're gonna look after you. They're gonna take care of you. And if you're getting in uh, trouble, you can get robbed either way, brother. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Hey, but so listen, to me, but I want to take me, the conversation back to what Shane had, had brought up earlier. Right. What does it mean for street cred in the music industry? You know, you kind of touched on that. You were talking about an artist who can't he can't tour anymore, right? But like. Oh, he still tours now. What, what about, you know, I mean... He just avoids yeah, we, the cities that threaten him. We understand that there's street cred for people who are talking about clearly being in the streets. Like, if they're talking about being in the drug game, if they're talking about getting shot at, whatever, people have respect for that. But what about people who aren't talking about that, that particular topic? So, for instance... You mean like Chris, Lupe? Like Lupe. Or, Chris, one of our favorite artists we've talked about before on the show, Childish Gambino. He's okay. clearly talking he's about... He's not from the street stuff. He's not. But he's clearly talking about what, where he is from. He's a suburban kid from... Oh, Stone yeah, Island, I respect Georgia. that. Exactly. The streets still respect him because he's authentic. Because he's telling his... But when you're out there and you're saying, this is what I'm doing, and you're really not doing that, that's when you lose all credibility. You know, it's funny when you grow up in the streets of Atlanta, you know, every every hood, you know, always says, oh, we're worse. You know, we were the worst. But like I, I grew up in some tough spots around Cleveland Avenue, Lakewood Freeway, back over Stewart Ave before it turned to Metropolitan Parkway. Exactly. Yes, sir. Like, that's how, you know, I grew up over in that area. And I'm going to tell you a secret, man, like a lot of them cats that was running around in the street and doing things back then, I got respect. And and my authenticity came from the fact that I hung out with them. I wasn't doing the same stuff that they were doing, you know, but I was known as one of the kids from the block. So if I went into any other hood, yeah, oh, that's how I was. y'all y'all can't mess with uh DeShane, you know what I'm saying? Like he hey, he's with us. Or he's cool with my people. So, you know, it's one of those things where you really have to understand where you're coming from. I, I think let let's talk about it. One first person that comes to mind for me is Rick Ross. This guy runs around talking about this lifestyle that he's a part of. What he does, he talks about Larry Hoover from the Gangster Disciples based out of Chicago. Uh, that People in that organization have turned around and said, hey, you're talking about this life, but you're not about it, so you're not welcome in our city, in our town. And other Gangster Disciples across the U.S. have taken the same stance. 
For me, he lost his street cred because one, he's talking about something that he has no business talking about. That's not his life. That's not what he is. And I doubt that's what he was exposed to. Not in that manner. The other thing is that you're mentioning names without permission. Like Larry Hoover's not dead. He's incarcerated for life. And you can't go around, uh, you know, using people's names and what they stood for. And that's not your life. It's just like if you're in the wrong neighborhood, if you got street cred, you know, they 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 trust you. Hey, don't look out. Don't don't mess with him. That's so and so little buddy. That's my buddy. Like they'll take a stance and say that you're with them. I've had that at first hands uh, going into the hoods of Atlanta, taking a co-worker home from work. I don't I'm in Perry Homes. And for those of you from Atlanta, you know how bad Perry Homes was with their reputation. I'm walking in there to pick up my dude. And they like, no, nah, he cool. That's so and so, buddy. They look out for you. They create a trust factor. They know I ain't going to do nothing stupid. Not all of them. Hopefully they won't do nothing stupid. But in the end, they kept their end of the bargain. You don't always get it. But in this particular case, it just happened to work out that way. But in the end, if they don't trust you, if they don't like you, they're not going to fool with you. Now, I won't say that because not all of them are that way. Because the people that stay there might not be on good terms with other residents either. Uh, you might get over there. And thinking, since they're from that neighborhood, that you're cool. But then they got a dispute with the per- person in uh, 4A. Now you got to look out for your back walking in your car. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 well, I guess I dealt with people that were crazy enough to where nobody wanted to cross that line with them. I was a fortunate one because I was dealing with the top of the top in terms of street cred. People developing it and or already having it established. I'm going to tell you, you got the most street cred of all. The piece of delivery guy. Yup. Yup. Explain that. Uh, I don't mean that. In ter- I was kind of joking about it, but <laughs> but they probably the only person that you know that can go to any hood, and yeah, they more more than likely they get out. Sometimes they they get robbed. But yeah, I was about to I say mean, they're gonna come out empty. A couple those times. are isolated incidents, just like. Just with like any other criminal. Well, no, activity. I can't say that because I've lived in a neighborhood where you can call for delivery and they will literally tell you the sun's gone down. We're not coming to your neighborhood. Yeah, I was about to ask. Does yeah, does a piece of delivery guy deliver to Southside Chicago? I'm gonna be real with you. Hold up. Hey, y'all know where I grew up on the west side of Atlanta. I didn't have a pizza delivery place that delivered to my house. Yes, you did. No, I did not. Papa John's. That's right. They had the scooter. They, they, Papa John's did. They well, that was late. That was like they deliver. Two thousand two. Myth after. busted. No, it was like after two thousand two. No, they delivered now. before then. Uh-uh. I've no, been no. over your house when we had pizza delivered. Yeah, it was like oh five. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was when we were kids. No. Yes. Man, no. Yes. Man, whatever. Ha <laughs> ha. Huh. That has never happened. So, 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 what do you think about it, Chris? I mean, what, what's with, your point, though, AJ? What's your point? Th- my point was that there are I places where the pizza of- delivery <laughs> really doesn't deliver, like my home. Like they really felt like their lives were at risk of coming in my neighborhood. If they delivered to Thomasville Heights, Pear Homes, Bowen they Homes, Herndon Homes, Homes right. Capital Ave, yeah, Capital right. Homes. Y'all gonna keep talking about them like I don't know the same names? Yeah, but they, like they'll deliver City, to your place. Vine City. They deliver in Vine City. They got a Papa John's right next door to the Georgia Dome. On the other side of the gate, though. Most things on the other side of the gate. <laughs> For protection. 
That's so the reason AJ. there is a gate, so you're on the other side. <laughs> so, AJ, what about when we went to Chicago and you were like, man, I want to go to the south side, and folks would not let you go? Yeah. Does the pizza delivery happen. dude go to the south side of Chicago? I was riding with other people, and they and I was like, hey, let's, let's make a trip to the south side. They were like, nah, we're not going to make that drive today. Said, Why not? We'll drop you off and let you out. Like, Pray nah. that you get back. Wow. Um, they were trying to leave me out there. I'm sorry. That, I would have loved to have seen that. That's all right. I would have made it. I wish somebody recorded you being it. on the south side. I would have made it out. Just I can see you right now. Don't look, hey, look, don't look left. Don't look right. Just keep going straight. I can see you hauling ass right now. Hauling so, all kind of okay. ass. So Ooh, that brings up a good point. That brings up a good point. What does street cred do for you in a weird town? Like nothing, you, nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> you can get robbed in anywhere. You can be the tough guy in your neighborhood. You get somebody else where there's 100,000 other people in that neighborhood and you by yourself because you don't know anyone. At that point, you can't take all the whole, you can't take the residents of that whole town or city. That, that's one stance on it. And, you know, for the most part, I think uh, it can make you a target because exactly. if, if, you know, you, you think you big shit now, I'm like, oh, so he got something to prove. Right. And they'll try to make a name for themselves by taking you out. But then you got the other side of it, at least for me, uh, when I was growing up. Hey, you seen Belly when you went to Nebraska. <laughs> hey, hey, it's rough out here in them streets. But if you if you got the right people that you're dealing with. Street cred can come in handy. There were a couple times I got called around South Bend Park at the wrong time of day. And everybody was like, hey, we're going to turn around and make it make it be known. But because you so-and-so partner, we're going to let you go. So street cred, although it can put a target on your back, that shit can save you because you can put yourself in a bad situation. And because of who you know or who you associate with, it can actually work in your favor. You can and do keep that without safe. street cred, though. How so? Expound upon that. Like I said before, it's all a matter of respecting somebody's neighborhood. You can be yourself. Yeah. As long as you're not doing anything idiotic, you'll be okay. In theory. You can, I've you went can... through it uh, enough so that I know. Yeah, you just don't mess with anybody that's there. Leave, it, leave them alone. Just do you. They'll leave you alone. But there's a flip if side of that as well. As a threat. There's a flip side of that as well, because I've been in neighborhoods where I was from out of town, and th- these people are from the hood, but they are pretty pretty much your everyday law-abiding citizen, and I was fine. But then there's people that's in the hood that I visited, and they are they were involved in gang activity at the time. Even though you know those people there, that that does that still doesn't mean that you're gonna be safe at that point because you don't know who doesn't like them. Yeah. That's why I was saying before, like you, anything can happen anywhere. There's always like, there's like, always a, a risk factor. Basically, though. you you just really like for anybody that grew up in the hood, you just explained what our existence was like. Even if you weren't involved in this, your best friend that you grew up with was in gang culture and you might kick it with him. I completely you, agree. I you you might kick agree. it with him every once in a while because that's still your boy. Even though you might not necessarily agree with what he's doing, that's still your folk. So you kick it with him and the whole time you're kicking it with him, 
you're afraid somebody's going to try and shoot him and end up shooting you. Like, that's a real situation. Happened to me. I've been shot at. I've been shot twice. My yeah. boy, who grew up three houses up from me when I was off Baywood Drive, Bro Mac and Macon Drive over by uh, Lakewood Freeway, let me tell you. The couple times that me and him got in some bad situations, we looked out for each other. Unfortunately, he caught up with himself because he had an attitude. Two counts of double murder was on the GBI's most wanted list for a couple years on the run. You know, my boy Cisco's on lock for the rest of his life. Two consecutive life sentences plus. But at the end of the day, yeah, I had a target on my back because everybody was like, well, if we can't get to him, we're going to get to his people. Everybody knew me and him rolled together. I saved his life when we were younger. But at the end of the day, it was a mutual respect thing. Anybody that was beefing with him, they left me out of it. Why? I don't know, but for whatever reason, I was never targeted until the federales came calling, and that's when they started to try to pin me in what he was doing. But really, we were just two cats kicking it from the block that had a mutual respect for one another. I'm glad y'all could talk about it so freely, because anything that I did in the past life, I will not put it on the air. Hey, man. Like, <laughs> I feel like I should never have to apologize for who my friends were. Like, it happens in a professional sports a lot. A lot of people who came from the hood, who grew up with cats, who were doing, you know, some, let's say, illegal activity. You know, people in, in the media, people out here in, in the world want to pin that on them, want to say that because you grew up with that, that's who we associate you to be. But in reality, you can be a completely reserved, like, I'm out of that type of lifestyle person, just know people who are in it. And people still assume. Okay, well, let me ask this question. At, that, at what point do you let them go? I stopped caring a long time ago. No, I'm saying, like, at what point right, where oh, someone oh, is so destructive asking, to your life, yeah, what, saying, at like, what point what do you point let them do go? you let your friends go who are out there doing that? I don't know. Now, they me. might be doing it to you. I mean, they might be doing it when they're not with you, but. Yeah. And, but when it, the different worlds come together. Yeah. Is what I'm asking, like, because I I am trying to have more of a professional lifestyle now. Yeah. Like I I do want to get that nine to five. I'm tired of working these graveyard shifts. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, at what point do you separate yourself from them, and to what degree would do you do that? Because they are friends that I might have distanced myself from, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I can't completely cut ties with them because they were back there when I was doing my doing my stuff. They were there to throw those punches. They were there to look out at me like how do you turn your back on somebody? It's, it's, it's not never, you it's, it's not never you turning your back. You're not turning your back on them. What it is is that there's a mutual respect and at some point the conversation comes up you know are you in this or not and if there's a what mutual... What if you've already expressed your disinterest in a particular lifestyle before you even were thinking about not associating yourself with I them. did that in the, in, in the old block. Like, yeah. I had to tell them. I'm like, yo, I can't be down with this. But they I'll under- tell you what. Not everybody feels so accepting of that. Again, I can't help that I just happen to have an ideal situation for in, the, in terms of what the outcome was. But they respected my decision. They let me go. You know what I'm saying? And when I came back to the neighborhood a second time, you know... They were old heads at that point. We had some new young cats on the block. But at the end of the day, like, the old heads knew and respected each other because we had been through it. You know what I'm saying? We knew what was going on. So 
it was never a, oh, you turned your back on us, dear. They were like, yo, how's life treating you? Because they know, hey, this life ain't for everybody. And yes, while you have a lot that aren't accepting of those that, quote unquote, turn their back, you know, you also have those that understand, well, somebody got to make it out of this hellhole. I'm too lazy to be a thug. Look, man. <laughs> Hey, cause they out here hustling. They, they gotta be up. They gotta be up too late. My bedtime is like nine, ten o'clock. Man, we got nah. you late now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nah, what's crazy? Let me. I'm gonna just be real about my lifestyle, man. Growing up, let's be real. I, I was a nerd. I still am a nerd. Pretty much. Like, I was. I was the kid I in the neighborhood. I was the kid in the neighborhood that was reading encyclopedias when everybody else was outside doing shit that they weren't supposed to be doing. But at the end of the day. They knew me. They loved me because I was in the neighborhood. But they knew that my my future wasn't theirs. Like, to them, I was the person that they knew was in my books. I I was in my books. And I was doing well in school. And I had opportunities. I didn't have to be involved in street life. And they, like, they they pushed me to succeed. These are people who reached out to me like, look, you got a chance. Go do this. That was my existence. I never was caught up in anything crazy as a kid but it was only certain scenarios yeah though, no i mean i understand i understand you have like, to have like real good willpower because I, I went through similar scenarios like and it was to a point where i almost made a decision to do something yeah and i decided on not doing it it was never and the people yeah. that were involved in our still cert they're still paying for it yeah no, I mean, it was never, like, for me, it was never a choice. Like, I always knew that that wasn't my life. Like, I knew that I had potential to do more. So I never expressed any interest in it. I never tried to do it. And they realized on my block, like, all right, AJ's cool. Like, just let him do him. He's going to be all right. You wouldn't have done good in jail. Yeah, you like oh, can no. too. Man, ain't no way. They would have gave you. Ain't no way. They would have gave you that cheap county soap. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'd have been struggling. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> but you know, I think that you know when we're talking about street cred, I, I think that uh, you know our scenarios just happen to be ideal for that time because you know, like Dennis has said, you got a lot of people that had the same situation, the same opportunity, but a completely different outcome. Mm-hmm. And you know, let's not discount those people that kind of get pinned in a corner and don't have a choice. It's almost like business in a sense, Chris. If you it, guys like, if you really think about it, street cred and and, and business kind of go hand in hand in terms of what they mean and how they reflect on a person. What's your yeah. take on that? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't want to alienate those those listeners who may be out there who maybe did not come from the hood or anything. But what we're talking about can be applied to many different situations, including business. I mean, it's cutthroat out there. Like a lot of people especially coming up in the business ranks are sharks realistically you do something to them and they will come and bite your head off yeah you 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 know you make friends and you gain that you garner that respect they will leave you alone as you're climbing up the ranks like a lot of the lessons that you learn maybe in the hood can be applied to your professional life in that way but uh, and I agree with you completely especially for people that are from the hood and they apply a lot of that hustler economic uh mentality mentality to it and and but the only thing about that is it's hard to get somebody to articulate themselves in a way especially if they came from a certain background where you have your everyday slang and then you have to try to convert that to the actual business world and that but that's really all 
a lot of that's a lot of business. That's what a business is. It's like you have to be able to vocalize yourself and articulate your your ideas and thoughts and let people know like what you're trying, where you're, what's your goals and where you're trying to go in life. Like U- ultimately in business, if there's no trust, there's no business. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's the same thing on the street. If there's no trust, there's no business. There's there's no business. There's no credibility. So they go hand in hand. Let's take this at a scientific perspective, too. When you talk about the aptitude of somebody that's on the street, let's say your average corner boy, the amount of calculations that they have to make in their head is astronomical. You put a corner boy with that type of ability, you take him to the right schools, you give him an education, Okay, you put I, him on Wall Street. I will say, no, no that, that doesn't happen because okay. not all corner boys are smart like that. No, I mean, and like, I'm they, talking about, they like, don't there are all have that much math to people. do because if you're a corner boy, you're really low on the spectrum. Like, most of the people who have that, right. that mathematical... I was talking about the average drug dealer who can, who can convert grams to ounces without thinking about it, can talk about what well, the street value Well, average sixth grader can do that. No, but, the, oh my God. You know what? <laughs> like, why are you trying to destroy my argument, dude? Like, it's it's. I just, I'm serious. just saying, there's really? no argument there. No, like, okay. AJ just gave up. Okay. I'm done. See, that's that's not something you do in the streets, man. You stay, you stay down. You gotta stay with your opinion, bro. No, <laughs> you gotta stay down not, for the I cause, feel man. Like I'm not arguing this. This is ridiculous. This is where I, I'm at. No, this is the point of the show. Is to have different standpoints on things. <laughs> True, but this is ridiculous, man. He like, he, he getting stumped. That's what it is. No, I'm not getting stumped. <laughs> no, like you don't know real. where to go from there. <laughs> Hit that brick wall. Can, can, hey, tell me what the conversion is from a gram to an ounce right now. From Grand to Ounce, I have no clue. Exactly. Well, those kids on the corner do. Not all of them do. Man, all right. That's why they have scales. Not everybody that's a lawyer really knows how to, knows the law. Seriously, there are people who make it in certain They know at least 60 to 75% of it. I, I give up, y'all. <laughs> like if right you now, could, like, if you could see the tension building in this room oh right now, God. it is it is hilarious. Chris, this is the first time I've ever seen uh, AJ flustered, and I must say, if I had popcorn, I, I would have the Michael Jackson meme eating popcorn. I'm just here for the comments. For 28 years, I've never <laughs> had AJ flustered. I love it. I hate y'all. Right now. <laughs> yeah, this, this is really good because this is like dude logic gold. It is. And right now, AJ is not even uh, pulling up bronze. I feel like I just got El Dorado <laughs> just now. <laughs> I got me a little cartoon in the works. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your experience growing up with females in street cred? Is it much different from males? Yes. Oh, it's a lot. It's a big difference in terms of street cred when you talk about the spectrum of male to female. It's a huge difference. Like what? Give me some examples. Well, when you talk, last, the last episode, we talked about um, girls want a bad boy. And how I said how girls want a bad boy. Girls that grew up in the hood, at the time when they're younger, they might go along with the dudes that they grew up in their neighborhood with. But by the time they get older and they've went through like certain experiences, they've learned not to mess with that dude anymore. Whereas you might have a girl from the suburbs who has never experienced this and thinks that is probably the best thing since sliced bread. And I just personally think that 
it's, it's totally different between the women and the and the men because especially as a as a male like you're going to you're going to portray yourself a certain way to males more than you would to females especially t- speaking now on street credit like you're going to you're going to try to boast yourself if you really out there like that you're going to try to boast yourself up more to the boys than you are to a woman and that that's just my personal thoughts on that I mean, I'd have to agree. Like when you when you talk about street cred for a woman, like it, it, in all honesty, like they got to be out there doing things equivalent or greater than what the men are doing. Uh, one of my shows that I love to watch on uh, on Fridays is Gangland, and you know sometimes they have these women on there and they talk about some of the things that they had to do in order to get respect. And this is this we're not even talking about street cred. This is just respect from everybody else is doing it. Like they have to go through, I would say, ten times as much to get the same amount of street cred and respect. I was just about to ask you, the same as that the thing that just just brought up. I was just about to ask you, because there is a difference. There is a gender bias and difference between a male street cred and a female street cred, because there are people who there are males who join gangs and have done certain things to be in this gang and get or get jumped in. However, so so it be. There are females who also have been jumped in, but a lot of them have that they perform sexual acts to get initiated into the gang. Like, does that give her additional street cred and that girl who got jumped in, or the girl who robbed somebody at the liquor store? Honestly, those are actually looked down upon because it's like you didn't even have the heart to put up mm-hmm. the fight to get the street cred by the girl that got jumped in or the girl that put in work. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it boils down to. For a guy, it's not as much work in terms of what you have to do to establish credit, street credit, versus a woman. But there's also another aspect of that as well. Because growing up, I I knew people who were initiated into gangs separate ways. Like, there's so many different ways you get initiated into one. But one crock of shit that I've heard is getting blessed in. What the hell is getting blessed into a gang? Well, I'm I'm not a hundred percent. So, so you're gonna you're gonna tell me that all you got to do is say some words, and I'm in this gang now? Not at all. That's a nice twist on it. But essentially, what it is is, uh, let's say if you have a big cousin, your big cousin is involved in a certain organization. All of a sudden, you want to join that organization. If his rank is high enough, if he has enough credibility, then ultimately, what happens is instead of you having to take the normal route of getting jumped in. They'll literally bless you in by saying, essentially, because you're a family to so-and-so, you want to live the life That's also what causes dissension between the ranks as well. This is true, but it because does not stop. you got this person that put in all this work to be part of this uh, organization, and you have somebody that all you're doing is reading some words. Chris. I just heard something. Chris, you know what this reminds me of? And you can speak to this because... You're in an organization. I just heard, yeah, I just heard Dennis say that. This reminds me a lot of when you're talking about people pledging different fraternal organizations and somebody having to go through a pledge process as opposed to somebody who came in on paper. Yeah, because I actually heard Dennis almost say fraternity there. He kind of stopped himself, and I was going to actually bring that up. But yeah, I mean, that's a huge thing, a huge source of rifts in the Greek community, definitely paper versus uh, versus going through the process. But I mean, and, you know, it's not really even a process like when you process cheese, you don't process a person. But 
yeah, like <laughs> it, it does exist definitely among guys, and it exists differently among women. And one pertinent example that I'll bring up, I won't bring up any personal examples, but I'll say um, the AKAs. So they've had a history of actually bringing in some paper lines or whatnot. And a lot of the Deltas with whom I associate myself kind of, you know, they, they resent that whole thing. We got to pull AJ Man car for Man, a second. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm going to leave that alone. That was one Chris hell of a violation. Look, that was what, a what violation. Happened? What, what happened? Chris, continue. What did he do? Chris, continue. Threw his damn pinky in the air like he not... was sipping on some hot tea. <laughs> what the hell are y'all talking about? That did not happen. <laughs> that did and not happen. You wild, AJ. You wild. That did not but happen. But yeah, anyway, going back to the story. It's a really delicate balance between what's right and what's commonly accepted. And I think we, in order for us to progress as a people, we have to become savvy to what the intersection of those two things are. But you have to also, uh, and especially speaking back in terms of the street career thing, yeah. like between the fraternities, <coughs> sorry, between the fraternities and gangs, um, they are different because for someone to get, uh, I guess, paperwork done to become a fraternity member at age 50 is acceptable. But for a, a gang member trying to gang, join a gang at age 50, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> and, but, and there's, but even as far as like the physical aspect, cause it, you know, there is the hazing, um, whether it be mental, physical or whatever. And my thing is, I I understand, especially with fraternities. Like they, there are a lot of fraternities who do not do physical hazing, and I respect that. But my thing is, I'm not gonna pay. I mean, especially I'm not gonna pay. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to be friends with. I'm not gonna get my ass beat to be friends with someone. Well, that's the thing that I've always said. I mean, obviously. I've gone through some stuff, but you know, not with that, notwithstanding the thing that I see that's different between gangs and fraternities is that, you know, once you're in a game, they, they risk their life to protect you. Yeah. A lot of fraternity members, man, they'll try to beat you up. Even when you join the fraternity for petty little reasons, man, differences between, you know, your regions, uh, differences between chapters, man, they think that, you know, you didn't go through the same process that they went through things like that. Yep. Those are things you got to put aside, and and you know gangs know how to put that aside. Once you in, you in. No, well, but that's gangs not, that's, are the same way though. That's not they, necessarily true because you have gangs sets. that can do. Yeah, yeah they, you know, you can be I'll, the same gang. You can be a you could be a blood game, but if you're in a different set and this person and this person don't get along, y'all gonna be set true. It's, it's, it's the same concept. Uh, uh, Gangland had an episode talking about the gangs in Alaska. And what's funny is that a lot of people from California, the gangs from California, have been slowly creeping up the coast. And, you know, you got gangs in, in Alaska that are basically based out of L.A., Colorado as well. And it's the same gang over, say, a 10-mile radius. But the West Side gang doesn't like the East Side gang, but they're technically the same gang. But they don't like each other because, oh, well, you know, they live over there in them big houses. They think they're better than us. Like, it, it's, it's all about perception. I think ultimately what it boils down to is 
being able to get over your petty differences to understand the reason why you were involved in the first place. Some people, some people got involved because they had no choice. Some people made a choice. And ultimately when you have a combination of old school ways with rules and regulations, new school ways that just want to be free and no rules at all, you're going to have that dissension. You're going to have those heads, but that's going to happen across the board, whether we're talking about gangs, I was about to say, that's business, not happen regardless. business, or uh, fraternities, or sororities. everybody's too busy trying to one-up each other. Because everybody wants to be the supreme leader. And yeah, like you said, and that's in everything. That's not just gangs. That's not just fraternities. That's, and that's that's why that's in the business life. world, uh, Chris, you made a point to say that everyone's like sharks. That was a great analogy because at the end of the day, one shark can easily attack another shark if he's in the vicinity of what he feels as he is. It's just to see who's the bigger shark. At the end of the day, it's the same thing in the jungle. When lions are fighting, it's not because they don't like each other. You're in my territory. Well, I want your territory, so I'm going to take it from you. And that's the same way business is. It's, so is it, there is there any arena where street cred is not needed? Well, where some form of credibility is uh, not church. needed? Church. Church. <laughs> you think so, really? I, I don't think there's street credit needed there. Not when you're talking about jobs or you, you, you're talking know, about man. Leviticus or you're talking about Matthew. You can't be you think throwing about in the street modern, cred with that. I don't know. You think you talk about the modern church, man. Like people, let's say you're someone coming off the street, you know, you, you really down in the word or whatnot. And, you know, you come in and you want to do some good things within the church. People will look at you sideways. If you're trying to come in and lead a ministry or something like that, you got to develop that that trust within the organization and you may be, you know, sleeping with the pastor's wife or something, but as long as you got the trust in the organization, they don't really care. And they, that's not they, street cred. That's scandal. No, that's scandal. I'm obviously <laughs> in <laughs> some ways they are intertwined, right? They so, are. You know, they are. some people who have street cred can be doing bad things, things that are not good for whatever organization that you're talking about. But as long as they have that street cred, that stuff can be covered up. Think about Anthony Weiner, man. How how long did it take for him to get exposed and for all the the vile stuff that he was doing to yeah. really tank his career? It's because he had cred. I mean, you think about all types of U.S. presidents, stuff that they've been doing. Obama, the only black president, he still don't have no street cred. He still don't have street cred. <laughs> Bill got more street cred than Obama. That's horrible, but it's so true. That's because Bill's living in Harlem, still playing the damn saxophone. <laughs> yeah, that was oh. the, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world when Bill Clinton and Hillary moved to Harlem. I was like, that's so dope. I think Bill's like two years off from marrying a black girl. For real, for real. I think he could have held out. Just if he could have held out a couple couple more years, couple more years he, he might have converted. He'd he he been one of them jazz clubs and bought her a drink. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I I think you're right in that. You know, at bottom line is that uh, I think street. I don't. I, I I agree. I don't think there is any faction where you cannot have credibility and still be successful. I don't. I I think they go hand in hand. I don't. I honestly don't think there's any way that you can not have credibility. And I'm not talking about just street cred because this goes across the board, business and everything else. Well, you gotta have credibility. Credibility in anything you do. But that's my whole point. But you, it, but the most successful people are usually the ones that have the most credibility. Well, that's generally, spe- generally speaking, that's 
exactly what you want from a business standpoint. And like you said, it doesn't have to be street cred, but. Okay, so how do you get credibility? I mean, let, let's all take a word. Good work. Good, good referrals. Good work. good work. Okay. What What about you, Deshane? How do you get credibility? Just to give me one word. Experience. Okay. All right. AJ? One word. Instagram. <laughs> IG, IG, baby. <laughs> oh, y'all heard that. <laughs> All right. C- can you ask me the question again, please, Come sir? On, man. How do you get credibility? Whether it's street cred or credibility in your job, whatever. Be authentic. Be yourself. Authenticity. He said one word, clearly. I said multiple right. words. Authenticity. authenticity. All right. I say consistency. Why, that that runs along the same terms as hard work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, so, I, I mean, we talking about in the streets, we talking about in business, anything like that. All those things can be applied to your life. Uh, so, you know, all you do logic listeners out there who are not in the streets and ain't trying to be in the streets, you still can apply this to There's your life. There's nothing in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's the streets when you're not inside. <laughs> Yeah, I think when you look at it like credibility, I, I think it, it goes hand in hand. You you can't establish yourself if you haven't done anything. I feel like, you know, if for you to walk in a room of, of professional baseball players and to say this is how you can, you know, improve your batting average by 40 points and you've never played the game a day in your life, that's not going to go over well with them compared to if you're a Hall of Famer uh, who, you know, I don't know, had the highest batting average for his career over a certain time frame, giving them the same advice. So I'm going to give you two examples, Shane. Number one is Eric Spolstra. Number two is Michael Jordan. Well, okay. How do you explain that? How, how do you, well, can you go in depth about Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan not being a great basketball executive. But being probably the greatest player that we'll ever see. Well, the thing about that is he got that job from the years that he worked as a basketball player. Like he, he didn't. It, I mean, other than his little few horrible acting gigs, he really doesn't have. I mean, I okay. Let, let's be real. Like his media attention is not. He he got that spectacular. The, he got the position based off the credibility he established as a player. That's where credit. That's different he had, credibility. He had the money. And because he was labeled the greatest player, then of course, I think you're 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 more at ease to take that risk because even if he fails as an owner, you can say, you know what, this team was owned by the greatest player that ever played the game. That's exactly happened with uh, Shaq and his movies that were horrible. <laughs> you remember Kazam? No, Kazam. Shaq Fu, Steel. the football game. Steel. I mean, the, the, the fighting game. The basketball game. game. Steel. Oh, it was a fighting game. No, nah, yeah. the worst had to be Steel. I'm sorry. John Steel. <laughs> I didn't make it to Steel. After Kazam, I was yeah, like, it was, it was a wrap. You it. felt betrayed already, huh? You're like, I can't do it. I wasn't even betrayed. <laughs> think, now, the other thing with. with I, think uh, I was just lit down. <laughs> you said, okay, and with Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, right. Eric Spolstra had the Phil Jackson syndrome. Oh, you talking about the Heat coach? Yeah, he had the he had the Phil Jackson syndrome when he was in Chicago. I don't have to coach them; I just have to have the title as coach because I have somebody that's on the floor making those decisions for me. 
No, that, what I'm saying is he doesn't have credibility in the sense that you're talking about, like the experience or anything like that. He's, he hasn't played he basketball. He does. He does have a little credibility. Where's his credibility come from? I mean, his obviously. That he had. Yeah, yeah. I was saying winning championships, but when he came into the position, how are players going to respect him if he had never played the game? I don't, he he looks like he never played the game either. Eric Spolstra? Yeah. 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 He looked like he wasn't doing nothing but stats his whole life. I think I think I think doing. Pat Riley was running the team. He was just a scapegoat to have to have the title. Well, Pat Riley played too though. But that's but for me, I don't think that uh Eric Spolstra was necessarily the, the true coach of that team. He was just in that position. Okay, I understand that, but I still think that any coach has to have some kind of playing experience just because you can't tell you can't be a general in the army and never went to war well i I guess you can but i mean technically you can but i i feel like your best generals have already been in combat because you can't tell me how to shoot a three if you've never shot a three you can't tell me how to shoot a free throw if you never shot a free throw but it's all about the team that you build around you. He might not have done it, but I'm pretty sure on his coaching staff, he had people that had that necessary well, experience. Well, at that point, you have to. You have to have them there because but, you can't do that. But even in, in business or in street credit, if you got the right people around you, it doesn't matter whether you have it or not. You I, don't agree get with it. That. I agree with that. I do agree with that. I completely, wholeheartedly agree with that one. So even if you don't have that big time experience like I was talking about, I still think that if you're given the opportunity, you can still set yourself up to appear to have that credibility. Yeah, because anybody can be trained. The majority of people can be trained. So I think you can still have it. Uh, it's, it's all about the perception. You're either going to be someone that, you know, people generally say, yes, that's him, that's authentic. Or, you know, it could be brought up, well, look who he's around. He has to know what he's doing. If I'm hanging around millionaires all the time. Some guy be right. Yeah. Uh, Essentially, you would assume I'm a millionaire because I'm hanging around them, whether I'm actually a millionaire or whether I'm not. Yep. Or you could be like me and just be their friend. (laughs) Pretty much, you know. But I mean, you become most like the the five people that you hang, you spend the most time with. So if you are kicking it with millionaires, nine times out of ten, you become a millionaire by default. Eventually, but it's still, it's still like Chris said, like he's like uh, Dushane said. And like AJ said, it's, it's about the, the words that we listed. It's about hard work, consistency, uh, authenticity, authenticity experience. and experience. It's all about that. Because you can have somebody that has three of those concepts, but doesn't have experience. Now, it's up. Now, at, at what point do you allow that person who has all that to actually participate in something that you already have like a multi-million dollar thing going on? When you feel like they have the credibility necessary to bring them in, somebody took a chance on them. They yeah. didn't just walk into the position, so that's what I'm it saying. Goes, it, it goes to to paying it forward. You know, I think that you know, but a lot of people don't do that. Like a lot of people are so hell bent on being, uh, I guess they're trying to be the front runner for everything. They sometimes they don't even want to put people on. I think allowing so, allowing yourself to be out of your comfort zone is what can allow you to enter the realm of greatness. Again, Michael Jordan never owned a team a day in his life. A lot of his decisions, sometimes we sit back and it's like, man, what the hell is he doing? You never heard about none of his, you never heard of any of his homeboys making it. If you think about it, no, he never put any is, of his homeboys on. This is true, but in terms of... And he's doing great. 
experience uh, though, but I think it was built. Pipping up to these days. But it was built though. You have to look at what he did. Like he literally became a one man show. And 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 for me, like look, okay, he remove, was a one man show, but he would have never had that show without his co stars. Correct, yeah. but his co stars like, didn't have the popularity he had with his shoes. You know what that reminds me of? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler has become one of the greatest, the well, biggest, well-known actors, makes hundreds of millions of dollars doing what he does. And all of the movies that he makes, he has the same friends he's always had in his movies since day one. Like, you can still be extremely wealthy and successful and help the people out that helped you get there. Exactly. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm not saying that you don't. But they also had to want to be involved. We don't know if they didn't want and to be involved. And there's the other side of that because that's when I was bringing up earlier. At what point do you decide to let somebody go? Like, because there there are some people who just don't want to go. They don't want to move up on that on that scale. Like, yeah. they're content where they are. Yeah. But even even though you're trying to better them, but especially when you like, that's the thing that gets me is like, I see people out there who have. Friends and they actually have like ways of improving their situation, improving, improving their situation, and they can continually sit there and do what they do. And my thing is, if you have the actual outlet to do so, why don't you do it? Because in their mind, it's not worth it. In their mind, what they're doing is what they want to do. They can't see the bigger picture. They have blinders on. That is crazy to me. I, that's I mean, crazy. I think to me. That's kind of like. I mean, Chris and I have spoken about that. That's all I was built. That's all I've ever waited on when I was younger. Was not even younger, but even to this day, all yeah. I've ever wanted was an opportunity. Yeah. Some people don't get the opportunity until later. Some people get it earlier. Yeah. And 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 what you're saying is that there are people who, when that opportunity comes, they could care less, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense to you. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make sense to you. Um, you know, Chris and I have talked about this on the show before. Kind of our mission in life. In, in some ways, is to help people who see the world through those blinders. Y'all are gonna help be blessed. Take, help, help, help! Take those blinders off so that they can make better decisions about their lives. I mean, that's part of why Chris is trying so hard to expand education within you know science, technology, engineering, and mathematics and younger men. Mm-hmm. It's because he wants them to see another way. Mm-hmm. It, it, am I speaking out of turn, Chris? Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. But I, I think it boils down to them wanting it. Like that's that's ultimately uh, the 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 cheese. Like it, they have to want it, and if they don't want it, they're not going to do anything about it. If if you're involved in the streets and and you want to be the the number one hustler on your block, you're gonna do whatever's necessary uh, for that. It's I like I don't think that's the major goal. <laughs> no, no. But I'm just but I'm just saying it, it's just a different concept. If you want to mm-hmm. be the number one salesman in your division, you're gonna put in the work to make it necessary to reach that goal. If you have a goal that you have set or has been placed before you and you want it, you're going to do whatever's necessary to achieve it. When you could care less, or you live in a world where you feel like you know having my mediocre job and staying in this one bedroom apartment and you know some people are content with quote unquote the simple life the simple things everybody Mm -hmm. does not have that hustler go get it spirit the business world has become a hustler's world because if you're not willing to go out and get it nobody's going to place it in your lap and tell you merry christmas that's like that about the simple life as well though but it's all about choice because to live your simple life you, you still have to do things that other people wouldn't do I think, but uh, it's choice for me. That's true. 
helping someone who's stuck in that place get out of that place, I feel like you have to address. You gotta make sure they're ready to change, though. You have to address their mindset. That's what it's you have to. You have to address where, where's your head at. Where are you? But for a person who's out of it, in their head, you you, you got to convince them, them to actually go get help. What you do is you meet them where they are. You meet them on their perspective. You 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 approach it in a way that they can understand it, and then bring them to the light. They won't always be truthful though. But I think ultimately, even still, it's a choice. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. and that's that's the that hardest thing. It definitely gets to a place where that person has to decide I'm going to invest in this lifestyle I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I think it comes down to like we talked about comfort. You know, being in a place where you're comfortable and you're afraid to take chances. You're going to continue doing things that you're you're accustomed to because it's easier to, to maintain status quo than it is to change and become something different. But I think that's the key word, change. Yeah. People don't people like change. I've worked change. in I've worked in industries and businesses where people would actually tell me Oh, well, we don't like your idea because we've done it this way for 20 years. I understand that. But why can't we improve things? If there's someone from the outside, and that's why I think consultants have one of the greatest jobs on the planet in the sense that they get to look at things from the outside, bring in new, fresh ideas that might not have been thought of or that could have been rejected because they felt like this is not what we want to do. But even then, it's a choice. Because they choose whether or not to listen to this consultant and take in, you know, and heed their advice or not. Ultimately, last time, it's a choice. Yeah, it goes both ways. Because there are certain certain people that are predisposed to certain situations. So you can't necessarily say it's. 100% choice. No, I, I wouldn't say that that's 100% you can say choice. majority choice. But yeah, I was going to say, I think if you're looking at it in terms of a percentage, I would say 55-45 choice. Uh, maybe even a little higher than that, but I ultimately... Would say, I would say higher than that, but I mean, I, I still know that there is an alternative to... Of course, there's there, there's always going to be an alternative, but I, I, I guess more so from personal experience and the experience of those around me, I, I, you know, ultimately it, they had a choice. Just like uh, I had a choice. I could have stayed and, and, you know, entered into a lifestyle that, you know, might not have been best for me or I could have made a bad business decision. But when you have people that trust you enough to be honest with you and say, hey, this ain't what you want. You don't want this lifestyle. Hey, you really don't need to make this business decision because of X, Y and Z. Like they made a choice to tell you you made a choice whether or not to listen. But ultimately, they had enough respect to come to you you had enough respect to listen to what they had to say. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll have a situation where you have somebody that wants to give you that advice and they might offer it, but then you choose to reject it for whatever reason. Chris, have you experienced that, AJ? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what, what about you, Chris? <laughs> I was going to say, AJ, you can't expound on that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> he doing it for the vine right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm just gonna uh, be honest cause I, I said I would be honest with my listeners on Dude Logic I just caught up I, I just got caught up in my cell phone moment I was I was looking at something on my phone okay well I will tell you this AJ is caught up in the fact that some girls are choosing on him on Facebook <laughs> yep oh wow <laughs> yeah. wow truth hurts did you just take it there you did did. I did just take it there. You this did. is we're gonna leave this, it there. no, no. Actually, I think we're going into a new segment. 
No, I think we're going into I a think new we need segment. To expand on this. We're going to leave it there. I've never <laughs> seen a grown man backpedal this hard, this fast in my we're life. We're going to leave it there. And AJ, we're not going to leave it there because yes, we're doing we are a new. We're going to leave it there. No, no, no. We're going to do a new segment called "Take It There" on no, AJ. We're going to take it, it there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you messed up now. Take it there. I'm taking. So yeah, this is new for season two. It's called Take It There, where we just take AJ to task. That's so messed up. That's bro. so easy for me. I can take it there all the time. <laughs> I, like, at all. I don't like this segment at all. Wow. I don't take like it, this. I'll take you it get your gripes. Hey, you know what you know what's gonna happen as a result of this? I will not share any details of my life with you gentlemen anymore. <laughs> That's fine. You I don't, don't have to share. We'll, we'll share we'll for say, you. I was about to say we'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share for you. Your silence won't silence us. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna become a monkey. We still here, cuz. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm just gonna become a monk and go to Tibet and chill for a while, y'all. Won't I even just, help you. Won't even help you. Just send me some Thai food. I'm gonna come back like the Dark Knight, yo. No, send, send me they, some some Tibetan food. Some they, uh, seven years in Tibet with Brad Pitt food. They they wouldn't even uh, <laughs> accept you in their community by the time we get done telling them about your factious life. Oh my gosh! All right, I'm telling so, you. I'm telling you, you fat. Let's get it over with. Come All right, on. so AJ, for our first take it there. All right, let's say you know, yeah, you're a personal trainer. I am. Have you ever? Have you ever taken it outside the professional relationship and tried to use that? For personal gain. No, I have not. Not yet. And I told him he's crazy. Have you ever thought about it? Of course, man. You're, you, every day you have the opportunity. You're around beautiful women. You have the opportunity to... I mean, it's a very personal relationship. They, they trust you in a, in a very profound way when you are trying to help them get to a healthy place in their life. Um, you could definitely take advantage of that. I just... I haven't. I'm not that guy. You're not taking and, advantage and, if they are offering. Them. And we talked about this earlier. Like, and I told no, you, it doesn't have to day, be your clients, but it's still other women at the gym that you can go talk to. That's true, but they also might be my coworkers' clients. They might be people my my. At what point is that your problem? You know, if I were to get into a relationship with one of my coworkers' clients and it went south, and they got upset and decided not to work with my coworker anymore, I'm now taking money out of my coworkers' pocket. No, you're so not doing just, it. I'm not, you're not doing it. They're doing it because they made the what? The, the choice. The decision. I just, for me, I just prefer not to mix business and pleasure. If if I'm dealing in business with you, then a, t- a relationship with you is probably all the way out the window. So then, AJ, pleasure is not your business then. Ooh. <laughs> burn. Do logic. <laughs> <laughs> hit the drop <laughs> I'm trying to help people be healthier and happier yes but through a different a different avenue than that Chris so basically uh, you're te- right that's technically a workout though boom it is you're, you're sweating and burning you are, away you are ca- burning calories. calories you are yeah. burning calories yes um, do, 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 do. <laughs> I just 
AJ, we we just le- we just getting you more and more depraved day by day, huh? Oh, this is terrible. Y'all paint me to be a terrible human being. You are trying, pretty much. You're trying really hard. We don't we don't have to try. You usually do it yourself. Whatever. <laughs> really? Y'all are over here. Really? So so let's. Chris, when does it stop? First, Justin tries to convince me to eat women's boot booties. <laughs> Like wait, wait, hold on. I was about to say, eat, eat their booty. No, he didn't ask you to do that. You took it as that, ass. and that's when I would have said, and apparently that's what I'm supposed to do next. Um, now I'm good on that, and now y'all are trying to get me to uh, abandon my morals and start taking advantage of my clients. That's ridiculous. No, it's not you taking advantage of your clients. It's about you taking advantage of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. That is before you. That is not before everyone else. Because at the end of the day, you're still a human. Hey, well, I, I guess we said this is barbershop talk, Chris, and this is something that would. Because they could wear sweatpants, they don't have to wear spandex. <laughs> this is true. They really don't. They choose to wear spandex because of who Yo, they're going to work out around. This conversation sounds real rapey. Like <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> how does hey, it sound? Hey, how does hey, it sound real rapey? Hey, if you didn't wear such tight underwear and pants, I wouldn't want to have sex with you. Like, nah, we're grown ass men. You can control that urge to have sex. Like, just because she decides she wants to wear something tight doesn't mean I have to do it. You wear tight shit too. I mean, I'm trying to be athletic. You know, oh, oh, so that's what it is. So you're trying clothes. to be athletic. I mean, my clothes obstructing my ability to move. So if that's the case, why you take them fake ass Arnold Schwarzenegger pictures and put them on Facebook and other places? That's Look called at marketing. Chest. It's called marketing. That's what you call it. That's what I call it. So when a woman in tights walks up to you and she's at that gym and she says, "Hey, I really enjoyed your workout. I would like to go and have dinner." What what is what is your take on that? Is that not marketing? No. For the sake of this argument, I'm just going to go against what you said. <laughs> Are no. we stumping AJ today? Is that, is that what's really happening? I think it's stump AJ day. No. We have A-Town Chris, have you noticed that? Is that no. what's going on? Yeah, that's what's going on. Okay. Yep. Chris, you are All right, a traitor. So what's today? Is today uh, today is July 21st. Arnold, sir. 2014. Today, today is July 21st, 2014. Chris, Let's go ahead and mark that down in history. Arnold for the rest of this show. Stump AJ day. <laughs> All right, AJ. So for the second, take him to task. Or take it there, actually. What what so, is it, Benedict? <laughs> so AJ, for the oh, second, so take, take it, it there. there. Yeah, we're gonna take it there. All right. All right. Now, growing up, I remember you said that you had a crush. <laughs> you said you had you you said you had crushes on your sister's track friends. Yes, I did. I All had right. crushes on his sister's track friends. <laughs> All right. Now, knowing that, I'm gonna take you to task. And ask you to name a name. Ooh. Oh, snap. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, shit. Uh, damn. Um, first names only. Yeah, first names only. No last oh, names man. only. Mm. There's so many of them. Oh, man. Hold up. Wait. Her high school or her uh, college? Which you're just a little hornball, aren't you? Whichever one, man. Whichever man. one. You're just a horny little guy. Well, I mean, it is track and field. Like, it is they, track and field. They don't worry. Yeah, you, you can't help yeah. but be a horndog around track and field. Ladies, mm, damn, it's so many. Uh, if you can name Outcast lyrics tone by tone, I'm gonna need you to drop some names, sir. Janelle. <laughs> All right, and describe Janelle to us. Mm. Oh, come on, <laughs> Why t- we're Yo, taking it really there. To take- All right, that's because AJ made Janelle up. Oh no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Uh, or was tall, like 
I'm guessing probably around 5'8", five, 5'9", five, tall, brown skin, chocolate, delicious, short hair. Like, what did her hair look like? Delicious? What do you mean delicious? You, you, you got to taste chocolate. of that? You got to taste of that? Mm. Uh, yeah. She, Color of her eyes. Dark brown. All right. Um, thighs were, like, smooth, man. Just skin, just beautiful complexion. Like, her thighs were unbelievable, man. Did her thighs long look legs, like dark like chocolate legs. bunnies? They were beautiful. Did she wear animal print? Not that I know of, but she looked good. You in should one tell her to wear animal she print. She, good, she looked good in that sports onesie, though. So it was a good, it was nice. What about the chesticles? They were, they were there. Why are you rubbing on yourself? It was like, <laughs> 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 take it there, take it there. I will say this. He had his eyes closed the whole time. He's yeah, giving his description. Yeah. A whole vivid description. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I took it there. What's up? Man, I hope my sister never listens to this episode. Oh, you going to get it. Oh, my God. Oh, I man. lost my mind at the track meet. All right. So take it there, AJ, for the third one. Uh, what? All at right. what age was the first time that you watched a Skinamax flick? Oh Ooh. man, it had to be at like I could tell you that one. I, you can. You were there. <laughs> was, this is terrible. Why did it sounds awful? Uh it don't sound awful to me. I was Dennis, watching a porno. Yo, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, we had that that Bro uh, man, now I can talk about it. We had the uh the bootleg cable with the, the, with the black the, box the black box spice channel. channel. Yeah. Channel ninety nine. Nah, yeah. I wasn't in that. It was it like was a soft core. Oh. It was like a soft core Skinamax. Paper porn. No, it, it wasn't even no It was like a manual or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I promise you. It was I think it was like I think it was like HBO or something. Yeah. Yeah, it HBO on Saturday nights was How like soft porn. You were like nine, I was ten. Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I one time. That, I remember one time my dad walked in on us watching. Oh it, man! And we sitting, we couldn't find the, uh, the remote stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like like the I, worst I, time ever. Like how how bad like and, did and we how look? How bad it is? I'm sitting with a pillow over my lap. Like I wasn't. I was fully proud of what was going on. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was nine years old. I thought I was doing the thing. <laughs> Wow. Hey, yeah. Pops. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> what we having for dinner? Oh, man. <laughs> you late, homie. <laughs> so wrong. So wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> you my late. life, yo. You late to the party. I've had some funny moments in my life, dude. That right. had to be one of them. Like, the look on my face, if somebody could have had a cell phone at that point with a camera... If we had a cell phone at that point, we would have just looked on our cell phone. Oh, and I would have went to the bathroom. And I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have seen you for about five to ten minutes. <laughs> have you thought about that? Like, kids nowadays have cell phones by the time they're like six years old. That's crazy. Like, six years old. And kids can watch porn at school on their cell phone. Like, at least when we were children... We had to wait till we got home and on our computer. I had to wait till that Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Man. Boy, Tyra Banks. Was that 1996? I don't know. I believe it was. You were too detail-oriented right Might have been 97. I just remember seeing half-naked women. I don't care what issue it was. <laughs> it was amazing. All right, so here's a question. 
Y'all ever seen somebody in the uh, National Geographic? Y'all ever seen somebody in the National Geographic? I always see people on National Geographic. It's a channel, right? You see people on National Geographic. In the, in, in, in the magazine, y'all. I'm taking it back. Old school. In the magazine. Oh, they still make the magazine? <laughs> yeah. The I'm magazine. just joking. I know. Remember? I'm, I'm not the only one. The naked women in the National Geographic. Uh, yeah, you might be the only one, bro. Only one? All right. I'm the only one here. <laughs> that was like living. Yeah. That wasn't for luxury. I'm, I'm the only one, man. Yeah, you just might be the only one on that okay. one. All right, AJ. Fourth. Yes. Fourth, take it there, all right? What the hell, Chris? <laughs> keep them coming. Take it there, gonna, Chris. We'll keep it going. Have you ever told a female that they were good at sex when they actually weren't? Ooh. The builder of the egos. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> take it oh, there. Take, it, take there. it there. Take it there. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Unfortunately, um, I've actually lied about the finish before as well to soften hmm. the blow for somebody. Wow. Was it that bad? Um, no, it wasn't. It just wasn't. The chemistry wasn't there, Chris. Like it just wasn't for me, you know. And it wasn't. It wasn't anything about her. It just wasn't. It just, we didn't click like that. It happens. Well, you're a dude. Why lie about it? Cause you know, I don't know, man. I'm, I've always been the type of person to put myself in somebody else's shoes, and and I feel like that would be a difficult thing to hear from anybody. That you weren't that person's Chris, particular let, interest. I'm sorry, Chris. Let me ask you a question. For a female to tell a guy that uh, he wasn't up to par, he wasn't it, on a scale of 1 to 10, how difficult do you think that would be? 1 being the lowest and 10 being the hardest. Oh, 1. <laughs> I say negative 6. <laughs> if, luckily for me, I've never been told that. I don't know if it's because they wanted to protect me. But I take pride in my skills, and I feel like as long as my skills are up to par, no one can ever even imagine to tell me that I'm not up to par. So for a woman, if if you're blowing her head up, making her think that her sex game is on point, and it's not, oh, you're, feel, setting, you're setting the next guy up I for failure. For, I, feel, I feel bad for everybody that followed me. That's not on me. I hope you taught her some Kanye tricks or something, but I'm sorry. I wasn't going to be the one. I wasn't. I just wasn't. I was. I couldn't break her heart, man. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I hope she's learned something since then. I hope so. But uh, I could not. I couldn't. So was was it just because it, you know, it just wasn't there in terms of the chemistry, or was it actually uh, also kind of the the limp fish type of thing too? Like wasn't very active at all. Just kind of laid there. Hmm. Yeah, I see. Yeah, so it was like, eh. All right, all right. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Let's hit AJ's gripes. Y'all definitely made me feel like a jackass. Thanks, guys. Oh, don't worry. It's only gonna get worse. Yeah. Yep. All, all right. Let's right. let's hit AJ's. Gripes. I will say this. I will say this at the end of that. Uh, now that was when I was a little younger and I am a little older now a little wiser I wouldn't do it again I believe that if you are not up to par at this point I should be able to tell you you're not up to par and we should be able to work on it until you get to where you're up to par again 
Like, I think that's a more mature AJ. Like, I, I'm not I, worried about hurting your feelings. I'm, I'm worried about you being better at what you do. I disagree. I think it's all about you. I don't think with women, they really, I mean, there are certain skills that they can improve upon. But ultimately, I think when it comes to the skill set, uh, as a man, you have to have more to offer than, oh, than the female. Yeah. I definitely do. I'm all about please, pleasing the person that I'm with. So, But at the end of the day, you also want to enjoy the ride. Hmm. She always mm-hmm. enjoys the ride. She does. You should, too. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. We'll move on. <laughs> Getting too into my personal life, Chris. I don't appreciate you trying to infiltrate my back cave, man. Oh, if y'all want some stories, I mean, we can go at that, it. I've known that does you not forever. sound good at all. I, I don't like the way that sounded. No homo. What was that? What you needed me to say, Chris? Yeah, so you yeah, feel more? Please. You feel more secure in what was please. said? Absolutely. I was clearly just making a reference to the DC cartoon. Batman. That's it. Gotcha. That's all it was. All right. So we're going to do AJ's gripes and you're going to bring out an urban dictionary word when you do it. All right. All right. Deal. Deal. All right. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. I want to chat. I want, I want to gripe this week about childhood teasing. This whole bully movement that's out here. I don't appreciate these bullies that are out here. <clears throat> and I was bullied as a child by my older sisters. So this story is about AJ being bullied and how I didn't appreciate it. Right? So I am a, a person with very large feet. I have had large feet for the majority of my life. Free of Flintstone. And my sisters used to call me Fred Flintstone. Yes, you got it right, sir. The Urban, Urban Dictionary word of the day is. Uh, today's <laughs> Urban Dictionary word of the day is Flintstone feet. <laughs> Flintstone feet is someone with feet that can walk on anything barefoot. Fred Flintstone didn't wear shoes and could walk, run on grass, dirt, concrete, etc. Used in a sentence. You see that girl walking down the road holding her shoes in her hand and her feet are all dusty and dark? She has Flintstone feet. Oh. Yeah. Why, wait a so, minute. Why so does she sisters, have to be dark? So my sisters used to take me places in their car, right? And they'd tell me, AJ, kick out the bottom of the car and start running. We ran out of gas. Terrible human beings, my sisters. I love it. <laughs> Terrible. And I don't appreciate anyone who bullies a child. It hurts. That's AJ's gripe. AJ's gripe. AJ's gripe. AJ's gripe. <laughs> Oh, AJ. There you go. Was that funny <laughs> enough for you, Chris? It, I mean, it was funny visualizing you with Flintstone feet. It's I just terrible. think it's funny that I got it right because yeah. that's one story that I hadn't heard. So yep. to be able to ping it right on the head, dude, was it amazing. Was, it, was, it was great. Yeah, honestly, I can't, can't take that away from you. It was awesome. It was wow. awesome. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this up, man. Hey, we appreciate you, Dennis, for coming on. So, Dennis, did you you want to leave anything with the people? Right. You got anything going on? Uh, nothing much going on, just other than the arts and the sports thing that I have doing. Um, of course, I have okay, the yeah. outside court. Um, 
and uh, you can f- look yeah. us up at theoutsidecourt.com. T H E C. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. T H E O U T S I D E C O U R T dot com. The struggle. Man, the struggle. That's too long of a, a <laughs> domain name. Theoutsidecourt.com. And, and of course, you can also look us up on Facebook for the the, um, the art gallery, um, Neighborhood Gallery and Art Center. And just look, look us up and you can like us and see what we're talking about. And DeShane, as always, great to have you on the show, man. Great to have you back after such a long hiatus. Hey, you know, like I said in the intro, man, my, my PO and my lawyer uh, pretty much got me where I need to be. I'm back. Uh, it's funny how when people say stuff, you can always get yourself caught up, but I'm back. Hopefully I can make my, uh, my round of guest appearances as always. You can hit me up on Twitter at DeShaneATL. Okay. Uh, you can also hit me up on Instagram at Atlanta underscore Ace Thirteen. That's A T L A N T A underscore A C E one three. You can also follow me on Facebook. Yes, we are moving up in the world. As always, it's been great. It's been fun. Season one was great. Season two is going to be even better. Thank you all for listening. For having me on. Good night. Yo, as always, you can reach me. At on Instagram at AJ underscore the underscore trainer on Facebook at facebook.com backslash train with AJ and you can hit me on Twitter at AJ's Meltdown that's A-J-S-M-E-L-T-D-O-W-N alright you can hit me at Chris at dudelogicpodcast.com and also on Twitter remember I'm exclusively Twitter now at CG Skeezy Go ahead and get your laughs out, fellas. Just nasty. <laughs> West Coast <Our> Productions. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yes, thank you everyone for making season two what it is. We promise that, you know, it will be another 25 episodes of hilarity, of good times, even serious subjects. And, of course, our fun, fun, fun segments. All right, for... AJ and DeShane and your boy Dennis. We will say good night, good morning, good evening, good whatever you're doing right now. Peace out. It's just the dudes waiting.